out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Voice America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody. And I tweet, two former big company entertainment execs talk turkey in showbiz pound Voice America live now. How better can I make an introduction to my longtime friend, Barry Kluger, who's on the phone with me, on the air with me before. Welcome, Barry. Well, uh, thank you. It's, uh, you know, it's always good to be somewhere with you. It is. And even though you are not too far away, but far enough for us to have breakfast together, this is kind of like you and me having breakfast together. It is. I have my Starbucks with me and my uh, uh, oatmeal, and, it's like, and I'm sitting here in a bathrobe, so it's really like breakfast. It is, and it's breakfast with two former, we were two former high-level entertainment executives. I mean, we're humbled now, but I think we could definitely celebrate our glory. You know, we can. Uh, we, uh, we, uh, our reputations uh, preceded us, and, uh, you know, we were, um, God, we were in TV before TV was cool. It, well, yes, I think. <laughs> and it's not cool <laughs> anymore. cool, is that real? Yeah. <laughs> or were we in TV when TV was once cool? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, um, Barry, there's so much stuff going on, and I was really looking forward to having you as a guest because I feel like we could talk about it like old friends, and I like yeah. that kind of format rather than, you know, Voice America telling me that I have to talk to somebody that I don't know. Right. And um, then I have to make believe that I'm, you know, very hospitable, yeah. but I'm really like, you know, falling asleep or something. But with you, it's going to be like an old party because we could really talk about today, talk about some old war stories. We could dish. Talk about, huh? We could dish. We could dish. definitely dish. And, okay. you know, I'm sitting here and I'm looking, and one thing we should talk about as you get the show rolling is Elizabeth Taylor above the fold in the New York Times. Well, you know, as she deserves that, right? Uh, I don't know. No? I mean, she's no Molly Pecan, but... Uh... <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, I, you know, I have, she's, she's highly revered. Um, she, as you know from being in the entertainment industry, she really did um, a lot of humanitarian stuff when it came to, you know, AIDS research. Right, right. And you and I were in the business when there was a panic, and when Newsweek ran on their cover that the plague is here, watch out. You remember all that hysteria. Yeah. And, you know, and, yeah, she raised over $100 million. I'm not saying she doesn't uh, deserve the uh, uh, accolades, but, um, you know, it's interesting. She, yeah, she probably is the last of her uh, generation. Uh, you know, you may see some rap star, uh, God forbid, getting the, uh, 
above the fold on the New York Times. But yeah, she had quite a career. I'm just amazed at how much uh, the paper they've uh, uh, dedicated uh, four full pages. You know what? But it's the New York Times, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, she did all. She, she had all of the things that the New York Times loves in terms of being a part of a really relevant part mm-hmm. of decades past, a century past. Yeah. And how many people can they really shed a light on that can go back to making a film and, you know, back in like the 19, you know, early 50s? Yeah. Um, not many. I mean, you know, she, you got to think about that. She was really a Hollywood star. She was, she was. And yes, I, uh, but you know, I mean, uh, uh, enough about my uh, dishing on Liz. I'm Are you just, a dish? Uh, I mean, that's why no, we're no, allowed no, to have separate opinions. <laughs> I think that's what makes us great because yeah. we really, I, listen, you and I philosophically are have the same point of view on a lot of things. Exactly. I mean, basically, we have a lot of the same, you know, beliefs and all of that kind of stuff. But I think talking about whether Elizabeth Taylor merits four pages in the New York Times is a good conversation. And, uh, well, you know, I hate to give the, uh, uh, these other people uh, uh, any ink, but these Westboro uh, Baptist Church nuts are planning to uh, boycott the, um, uh, not boycott, uh, demonstrate at her funeral. Yeah, I heard that this morning, and I think that's crazy. I mean, you know, the, the best thing that the news crews can do is just not give them any attention. Yeah, well, you know what? They made a star. The media, you, you know, it's funny. Uh, uh, being a journalist, uh, needing and working with the media to get things for clients is one thing. I've also been on the other side being uh, a journalist, and uh, I'm starting to believe over the years that, number one, the public doesn't have the uh, right to know everything. Uh, when I notice we say, and tomorrow we'll be going into Libya at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, why does anyone have to know that, or you know, why does it have to be on TV? But on the, uh, uh, on the same note, uh, this guy who was burning Korans down in uh, Florida, wherever, uh, had the news media just stayed away, it would not have been a story. So, oh, I, you know, I agree with you. I think that you know the news business has be, has really changed since you and I had to deal with it as deeply as we did mm-hmm. in representing our companies because they were a part of our lives every day. Right. And you know the news media became like this new thing because nobody they don't have the same kind of money to allocate crews anymore. You know that mm-hmm. it used to be that if the Today Show agreed to do a story, they could put like sixteen crews out everywhere. Can't do that anymore. No. no. Don't have the budget for it. Yeah. So what news executives are struggling with is how am I going to catch, how am I going to get my viewers with the small resources that I have? And knowing some of the numbers, the resources really are small because they've lost a lot of their revenue to other, so other platforms of entertainment, right. right? Exactly. And then you have your citizen journalists who, you know, are self-proclaimed Barbara Walters or newscasters that are going around scooping news all over the country, and if they're lucky enough to be near a disaster or um, a shooting or anything like that, guess what the world is looking on via Twitter? Well, I got to tell you, you know, there's a famous saying uh, uh, that uh, you and I uh, uh, grew up with in this business, and it was simply, and I love it, is uh, if it bleeds, it leads, and that's you know, if if the story is uh, gory. Or sensationalistic, you know, it's going to be the uh, it's going to be the front of the news. So uh, I um, 
it was interesting, uh, and I don't want to get off talking about uh, uh, entertainment, but uh, I had a, uh, a client, an interesting guy, who was running uh, across the country uh, starting last October, uh, running 100 uh, marathons uh, to raise money for mental uh, uh, illness, and he managed to hit Tucson an hour before uh, Representative uh, Gabby Giffords was uh, shot in Tucson. So trying to get crews to cover this guy who's doing a wonderful thing, uh, not the case because every, uh, every uh, TV station uh, took their crews and sent them all around town to uh, deal with this uh, tragedy. So it's, it's a different kind of business, cutting through the clutter is uh, difficult. So. Oh, it is. It, it really did become a different kind of business, and it's so interesting to listen to quote-unquote publicists of today. Yeah. Charlie um, Sheen, what do you think? <laughs> well, Charlie Sheen, yeah, we've got to talk about him. There's a lot of other stuff to talk about, too, yeah. but, you know, it's funny. It's, you know, there's some of us that actually know Charlie. He used to hang around the mansion a lot. Mm. Um, you know, he hung around. He came to, like, you know, all kinds of parties. I mean, if there was... You know, playmates. He liked being around it, and who, he was very, very sweet, and you know, just always very courteous. He wasn't an asshole like yeah. some other people that you and I have met. You know, right. he really, really wasn't. Um, so my, what I wonder is, and I haven't seen Charlie lately in person, mm-hmm. is how much of this, even though he's having temporary moments of insanity, is really kind of strategic because even though he seems off the wall and drugged out or whatever he is, mm-hmm. you know, there's a part of him that's always thinking about how to market himself in show business. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what's interesting. Uh, uh, as an aside, uh, no, I don't know Charlie Sheen, but I uh, did uh, grow up with uh, Chucky Klein, uh, who, of course, uh, changed his name to uh, Chuck Laurie. So right. uh, he's from Plainview. He's a Plainview Long Island boy. Um, <clears throat> the interesting thing is uh, Charlie is supposed to be going out on tour, much like uh, Conan O'Brien's uh, Team Coco thing, and uh, doing cities and doing his uh, uh, many uh, people are too young to remember this, but the Howard Beale character from Network. Uh, remember it. Well, I remember. I'm not too young, but most people are too young, right? Yeah, but uh, Charlie Sheen is supposedly uh, going out on tour with this kind of crazy profit uh, show. And uh, I think it's going to sell out. I think there is a method to his madness. Um, what is his life out of control? You know what? This is his life. If his kids did not have to be uh, put in the custody of uh, you know, state uh, um, child protection uh, units or he was uh, killing people through his drunken behavior or things like this. Uh, he is pretty much being criticized for the lifestyle he uh, wanted to uh, live. Liz Taylor had seven husbands uh, who, if he shows up, he hits his mark, delivers his lines, then he's doing what he's being paid to do. No, I, I think that you're, you and I have this inside, you know, analysis that a lot of people don't have, and I think that's really true. He is going to sell out the show, mm-hmm. um, you know. And listen, Robert Downey Jr. definitely came back from his temporary moments of insanity. He sure did. He sure I mean, did. he really, really did. So, you know, there is hope. There's so, sometimes there's not hope, but I think that there's really hope. I mean. You know, you and I can go through, is there, is there an afterlife, or is there hope, or is there not? <laughs> well, you know what, the, and there is, the interesting thing is, let's not 
thing about Robert Downey, uh, and it's not too different from uh, Charlie Sheen, Robert Downey is an amazing actor. And if you look at Wall Street, if you look at, uh, what was it, uh, Platoon? Uh, maybe it wasn't Platoon. What was... Um, Full Metal Jacket. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I thought it was Platoon, but... Maybe it was Platoon. Yeah, but you look or at... It was one of the... It was one of the I picked, oh, it was Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse, no. Uh, see, it's, no. we were old. Sorry, people. It, it's a little rusty. We get the category right, but it sounds like... No, sounds Apocalypse, like... <laughs> Apocalypse Now was his yeah. father. Right. But uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, you look at him, and he's got a history of some great performances, and also as a great <clears throat> comedic uh, uh, actor. Long before Two and a Half Men, he did... Those hot shots, uh, hot shots, uh, part do, uh, and uh, he's a funny guy, good comic timing, and he. Um, so hopefully, uh, we won't lose, uh, we won't lose that, and I'm, I'm not too worried about him. I, uh, uh, I'm one of these people. People are shaking their heads, saying he's not a role model, and you know what? I don't think he ever asked to be a role model. No, he really doesn't. He was, you know, he's he's an entertainer, and he, you know, so we're on the same page with him. I think a lot of people aren't. Yeah. But you know, so be it. They're not in the same business we are. We have about two minutes left in this segment, um, but in the next segment that I will prepare you, we have to talk about Chris Brown because you know oh. you are. You were in the music business mm-hmm. in your MTV days, yep. and um, we. I, what I really want to talk about is, you know, wow, like, come on, he, was he really not prepped that he was going to be asked the question about Rihanna, and like, you know, he held it together on the air, mm-hmm. but come on, breaking windows in the green room after he was done, what kind of, what was that? I mean, you know that his people, if he had real people, had to prepare him for what was going on. Maybe he had uh, not good people, and uh, when we when we come back, too, I also want to, uh, you have such great-looking uh, uh, Facebook friends, and uh, many of them seem to be former pets, and uh I think I want to fr- uh, friend all these people. Well, so. you can't. Well, they're not pets. Remember, pets were pent. Oh my sorry. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Play I mean, me. you of all people. Oh my God. Pets Playmate. were penthouse and playmates were Playboy. <laughs> so let's get oh. those beautiful women straight. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I mean, come on. Let's You're call right. them the right things. And you can ask me about any one of them. That would be a lot of fun. And um, we're going to take a break right now, so Good. stand by. Don't go away. More with my longtime friend, Barry Kluger, in just one minute. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At BR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. BR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn 
saleability into profitability with the help of BR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. BR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com. Women in business today face many challenges in advancing their careers and reaching their goals. There are corporate executives, entrepreneurs, and business owners that have made their mark in business. Now you can learn their secrets and tips. Listen to Women Mean Business as your host, Bonnie Marcus, explores how to thrive in the business environment, navigate the workplace, and climb the corporate ladder. Listen live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and effectively promote yourself today. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back and with Barry Kluger, my longtime friend who worked at MTV while I was working at Playboy. Mm. We have some more stories, but mostly, mostly we're talking about things that happen in the news. And that Playboy really was the home of the Playboy Playmates, is that correct? Yeah, 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 not the penthouse pets. Hey, not, not that religion should ever come into anything, because we should uh, love everybody, regardless of uh, race or uh, creed or color. But um, uh, Jewish uh, Playmates, uh, uh, Barbie Ben, I understand, was... Uh, her name was like Barbie Weinstein. Was she was she was totally Jewish, and yeah. um, she really, I, out of all of you know the Playboy history, and Heft loves in his life. Mm. I coming out of Playboy with a historical perspective mm. and knowing the history really, really well. I think that Barbie Benton was really, truly one of the, you know greatest romances in his life. Yeah. I mean, he was really, really, truly in love with her, and she's the one that convinced him to buy the mansion in Beverly Hills. Yeah. So, yes, you know, he has always liked Jewish people. Yeah. Actually, Christy and Hef both like Jewish people. Christy went to Brandeis, and she wasn't even Jewish. Oh, there you go. So, they, you know, they grew up having a really great respect for Jewish people, but then again, they're sort of smart, and I guess they know that Jewish people are good you know, people to have around them. Uh, well, you know, that's because, you know, we control the uh, media and the uh, Hollywood community. You know, and, you know, and, <laughs> and certain journalism. Exactly. Not only Hollywood, but yeah. New York. Yeah. So Chris Brown. Yeah, we got to talk. You know, so the thing that, like, blows me away with Chris, again, is did he hire a publicist? Was it just the record label going out with him? Or did he just have his homies with him? Because, you know, 
you don't have, have a tantrum like that when you know that the number one question is going to be like, you know, are you, you know, is the Rihanna thing behind you? How have you come to terms with it? Mm. Have you spoken to her? Are you friends? I mean, how could you not anticipate these questions? If you and I were responsible for anybody going on to the press, you know that there would be prepping and it would be harsh. Right, right. So what happened? Well, you know what? He he he, he kind of claims that he was uh, uh, <laughs> as you uh, uh, sidelined or sideswiped or whatever it is. Uh, you know, he claims that he was thrown off by. Uh, Robin Roberts' uh, uh, questions, but uh, and he's saying, you know, it was meant to exploit me. You know what? You one of the things that I uh, uh, have an issue with, and I, I've been on the uh, talent side, is uh, you can't use the media uh, when you need them, and then run away from them uh, when you think they're going to get a, a little too uh, personal. I mean, he has to know. He had to know these questions were going to come up. People want transparency. Uh, you know, how many times does someone say, you know what, uh, it was behavior I was uh, ashamed of. Uh, uh, it was not a very happy time in my life. I've managed to uh, uh, manage my anger and emotions and everything. And uh, uh, it's a very uh, private matter. So I hope, you know, you'll let me, uh, whatever. But, you know, but at least address it. He acted like a thug. He acted like a thug, and he need. This was an opportunity for him to change his image, be mm-hmm. softer, um, maybe talk about a new relationship that he had. I, I don't know. It was just kind of crazy. And even his like, you know, his black boy bleach blonde hair, like you know, was kind of thuggy. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> know, I also don't if they were going for that image, the surprise would have been, uh, you know, sort of a a newborn Chris Brown. Yeah. Well, you know what I also have? <laughs> this is part of the big problem. I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, GMA used to have, you know, ast- <laughs> astronauts on and, you know, world leaders. You know, we're all Oh, you are uh, so funny, right? A, I mean, it used to be like Henry Kissinger was something that we yeah. looked forward to watching. <laughs> it's a commentary on our times that, you know, Chris Brown is, you know, considered the hot... Uh, uh, interview subject on uh, uh, Good Morning America, but you know it's interesting. He he had gone on uh, BET uh, last night. You know, of course, later on in the day, and uh, you know he said he said he exploded backstage. And I love this quote to release the anger that I had inside me. Uh, uh, and he said that uh, when he originally agreed to do the interview, that it was all going to be about positivity. Is that a word? Uh, did, did he say what did he say? Positivity. Is that a word? I guess it's a um, point you know. proved by his people were all about positivity. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Oh uh, no! Well, look at I guess from a PR standpoint, that's the best kind of comeback that you could have. Yeah. Um, but you know, we still see the YouTube images of broken windows, and I think that's the images that are going to stick with us. However, if it's a matter of selling his new album. Yeah. I'm sure that there might be people that will be buying his album. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I haven't heard it. I I would imagine there's probably some... He's, listen, he's talented. Yeah, yeah. Well, she, uh, Robin Roberts uh, 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 was on uh, this morning, actually. You know, it's funny. On, you know, I'm here in the uh, same time zone you are, so it's just coming on now. But, you know, uh, when these things happen, you could uh, uh, read about them uh, before they actually happen. But... Uh, uh, Robin Roberts has uh, invited him back. 
Oh, well, you know what? He should go on and, you know what he should do? He should do something really mind-blowing, like a Fred Astaire soft shoe. Uh, yeah. I mean, he has to blow everybody away. He has yeah. to make fun of himself. Sort of what, like, Pee Wee did when he went on Saturday Night Live after the popcorn incident. Uh, after the, I'm sorry, the porn? I, the, well, it was the pop, the pop porn incident. Yes, but actually, actually the first place he appeared after that was not on Saturday Night Live. It was at the MTV Video Musical Awards. That's right. That's and right. He came you on. You know that. You. That's right. And that's the right. first line, he came out to thunderous With the applause. With the popcorn. Didn't he have popcorn in his hands? Uh, no, he did not. But he came out to thunderous applause, and the thing he said was, uh, heard any good jokes lately? See, brilliant, but, right? Yeah. And you, you know who, um, you know who uh, was behind that? Were you behind that? No, no. Our good friend Larry Goldman. Oh, okay. Well, listen, yeah. we, that's fantastic. It's, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know, it's brilliant. And I always suggest in these crisis situations that you gotta, softening the blow through humor can be very effective. Yeah. It yeah. really, really can. And, um, you know, I, I'm telling you, with all of these people that are getting into trouble, you gotta make fun of yourself a little bit. Did Christina Aguilera make fun of herself yet? Uh, I don't know. You mean when she was, uh, she was, what, uh, uh, arrest, you mean the arrest or the singing of the, uh, well, it, well two things happened. One, uh, you know, first she, before she sang the national anthem and messed up the lyrics, mm-hmm. quote unquote, she did look like a little puffy and out of it. I mean, she's a beautiful girl, and I just, like, noticed at the Super Bowl, she looked like a little bit too overly casual. Mm-hmm. For Christina. Yeah. Because that's not her look. Well, wearing a caftan usually, you know, hides, you know, other, uh, uh, you know, she, yeah, she was, she was looking uh, puffy. Uh, uh, she looked good in the uh, movie, uh, although um, uh, she had uh, put on some weight. Uh, the movie with uh, Cher. Well, no, she looked good in that, she, yeah. but she gained weight after the movie, I yeah. think. Yeah. Because she was dancing. She was probably working with a trainer, yep. you know, for burlesque. Now, now you're, you're big into training. I am, so and I would fitness. know these things. Every morning, you, uh, I read a post, you go in, I won't, uh, uh, you could mention the place. You could mention, I don't care. Stevenson Fitness? Stevenson Fitness is, yeah. you know, Chris Stevenson is my boy. Mm-hmm. He, I, I really started to fall for him as the little brother I never had when he was teaching at Spectrum, and then he opened up his own club, and basically everybody left Spectrum and went to Stevenson Fitness because wow. it was comparable in so, size and better because it didn't have that big club kind of feel. Yeah. So, so on any given day, there are a lot of uh, good-looking old broads like you, right? Well, there's a lot of younger broads. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, so it's definitely a place where, you know, a man can come in and, and look for some young broads. <laughs> now, are there, do celebrities go there? You know what? We're in the Conejo Valley, so if they are celebrities, they're very low-key about it. Where is so, the Conejo Valley? The Conejo Valley, when you're in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. okay, you got to schlep all the way out to the West Valley, and there's places called Calabasas yes, and Agora. Yes, but, hey, but, I, I love Gelson's in Calabasas. Oh, okay, so you know Calabasas, so Conejo Valley isn't far from there. Okay. And it's funny, celebrities in that area, they're from Westlake and Calabasas, and it's like they put their hats on and you don't even know that they're celebrities. Or, or they go over to the sagebrush, which I was not aware 
uh, when I would go visit friends in Calabasas or Woodland Hills, they'd say, hey, you want to go have a drink? Yeah, we'd go over to the Sagebrush Cantina. And I'd look around and I'd go, oh, my God, these are all great-looking women and men. And then I found out that that was the uh, adult uh, video hangout. Well, yes, it, because there are a lot of videos that are made in that area. Yeah, Chatsworth is, uh, so I hear. Well, well, you know, it know is, it is, and um, you, yeah. you you have a lot of those in our neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's okay because, well, also Sagebrush is known to be a biker hangout on oh. Sundays. I don't know if you ever had brunch there on a Sunday. No, no. But it's it's biker heaven, and everybody with their bikes go and have you know meetups and tweet ups and. You know, you mean these stockbrokers who stop shaving on a Friday, big, put a know, bandana exactly on that, their head? Exactly and, that. And I mean, didn't Jan yeah. Wenner used to like get love getting press over the fact that he was a uh, he was a biker? Mm. Vaguely remember, but um, yeah. So that you know, that's that. I mean, listen, it's a Stevenson Fitness is a great place. It's the kind of place where we could do an hour-and-a-half kickboxing class and raise $1,000 wow, for that's great. You know, Japan, and yeah. it's a community. So that's any kind of community is good. You know, we have celebrities here, uh, believe it or not, here in Scottsdale. And just I'm two miles south of a town called Cave Creek. Cave Creek is actually, uh, there are no stoplights. Uh, and Sonny Barger, who is the founder of Hell's Angels, lives there. And it's a very big mix of pickup trucks and BMWs, conservative, and they're having their Fiesta Day parade uh, this Saturday, and their grand marshal is a new resident of uh, my neighborhood, Steven Seagal. Well, you have your star power in your greater metropolitan area, too, then. Yeah, we do. We have, uh, who was the, um, oh, we had a local guy, uh, a rap artist who trained his dogs to... Uh, uh, along the Michael Vick uh, lines, I forget the guy's name. Q-tip, or all right. Well, you'll fi- you'll figure that out by our next segment because Sorry. we have to wrap up this one. Got it. So more about rap stars and Q-tip when we come back. <laughs> Don't go away. Ask the experts. Call toll free right now. One eight six six four seven two five seven eight seven. And ask our all star team to answer your question. That's one eight six six four seven two fifty seven eighty seven. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. 
But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. So we're here with Barry Kluger. Barry, do you want to talk about anything that's going on in your life in particular? You know that I like to make my show Plug City, so... Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and, and I'll keep it brief because, you know, it's a lighthearted uh, show. I am working on a uh, national uh, amendment to get Congress to uh, uh, amend the uh, Family Medical Leave Act of 1993. Uh, what that's about is... If you adopt a child, if you uh, have a child, if you take care of a family member, uh, you can get up to 12 weeks unpaid leave. And however, if you lose a child, you get two to three days. So what we're trying to do is just extend it to uh, people out there who uh, a lot of people have lost jobs, have, uh, have been fired, have had trouble coping, and we're just trying to make uh, life a little easier and uh, get the uh, healing process uh, going. So uh, well, that doesn't um, seem like a lot to ask for, Barry. Uh, no, it's not a lot to ask for. It's, uh, um, it's, uh, are there companies that really aren't sensitive to giving people three days? Well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I believe, here's the thing. I believe that most companies are compassionate. But being someone who has lost a child, it's, uh, uh, you know, in two and three days, you don't get over it. So we're looking to, uh, and it's for companies over 75 employees, so it's not that it's going to burden the uh, guy who has a uh, company uh, with uh, 10 employees. The law already exists. We just want to expand it, and we're willing to say, you know what, make it six weeks, because three months is a long time. It's a big burden for anyone to keep a job, but uh, it all goes to the bottom line. You give people the mental time they need. They come back stronger. They're better employees. You make more money. And, uh, well, this, you know, you America. have a lot of great legal precedents. Yeah. And, you know, the precedence is certainly when you're sick. Yeah. You know, I mean, and this is, you know, old school health plan, right. you know, company policy stuff. When a person gets sick or let's use pregnancy as an example, mm-hmm. you know, you're usually granted um, six weeks, no questions asked, right. for health leave, right? Yep, yep. And, um, you know... Listen, when you're suffering a loss, as you did, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you do need to take that same kind of leave. I mean, basically, it's health. Yeah. Am well, I right, you know, or am I getting, like, the gist right or wrong? No, no, you're getting it right. The, uh, uh, you know, but uh, the good news is we've had some great discussions. Uh, there's a very good chance that uh, Senator John Kyle and Senator Durbin on the Senate side will sponsor the bill. And on the House side, uh, Steny Hoyer who is the minority whip, and Eric Cantor, who is the majority whip, uh, looks like uh, that's where we're going to get the support. 
and uh, it'll push on, and uh, it'll help some people out there. So um, that's uh, that's what I've been working on. Of course, you know my clients. You know what? They're, they're fun stuff. The only thing I will mention that's fun is something I've never done. Maybe you have. Um, I have a client that is building wakeboard parks in Arizona. That's where you build a 30-acre uh, lake, and you have towers with cables that are only manufactured in Germany. And it's like snowboarding, but you're on a wakeboard, and you get dragged around the lake. That is so cool. I've never heard of such a thing. Yeah, they've got, they're about uh, 200 in Europe, uh, 70 in Germany alone, and there are about 10 in the United States, uh, five in Texas, uh, three in Florida, and uh, we're building uh, two here in the Valley and uh, breaking ground next month, and I'm excited because... Wakeboard parks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like something that's really fun. To it it not is. Not out of ski commitments and snowboarding. Well, that's it. It's fun. There are extreme sports. The people, the uh, generation, I don't know what letter is attached to the generation now, but they these are the people who are doing Aspen in February and come the spring and the summer and the fall. They're going, well, what's the other extreme sport we can do? And uh, today, skateboarders have surpassed Little League as the uh, uh, number one uh, sport for young boys, 8 to 15. So uh, if you can skateboard, you can wakeboard. Oh, did you create that right now? No. I mean, I did just now, yeah. I mean, that's really, that's very, very cute. Yeah. Very cute. Well, by the way, the generation, they're called millennials, Barry. Oh, they are. Okay. They're, they're, they're people, they're kids who have come of age uh. in the new millennium. So the kids that are 11 now are millennials. Okay. Now, and is this a, uh, a generation that we're comfortable uh, uh, putting the future uh, in their hands, or are they well, going to Well, you know, it's interesting. Home? Studies, it, it, it's very, very interesting. They are, a, they're a generation that's never really been studied very closely before yet for long term because they are the first generation where each and every single one of them were born with, you know, some kind of mobile device as a toy. Right. You know, right. from day one. I mean, before we had the lapware babies, which were people who had laptops, you know, in their playpens, okay? But now everything is getting so small in terms of iPads and, you know, all of these kinds of smaller kinds of interactive devices, that this is the first generation, if they were immediate before, this is faster than light speed. They press a button not only on, you know, a computer, but a frickin' phone that they could bring into their playpen with them and just play, you know, Angry Birds all day. This is crazy. I mean, pretty soon cats will be marrying dogs. And uh, But uh, let me tell you, today's New York Times, and I know you are, uh, you, like me, have a, uh, is it voracious, a vociferous, Anyway, we have an appetite for news, and here are some of the things. Um, gadgets you should get rid of. I don't know if you had an opportunity to read that today in the Times. Not quite, not quite yet. It's sitting outside of my door, but okay. I'm curious to hear what they are. Okay, uh, gadgets you should get rid of. Desktop computer, what do you think? Keep it or lose it? The what? What kind of computer? Desktop computer. Lose it. That's what they say. They say you may have one now. But are you really going to replace the desk-bound PC when it uh, becomes out of date? They said, uh, unless you're a 
uh, hardcore gamer or video editor. Uh, laptops have all the necessary uh, computing power. Yeah, okay. no, we don't need desktops anymore. They are antiquated. Right. Goodbye. High-speed Internet at home. Keep it or lose it. Um, I think you got to have it unless there's something that came out to replace it that I don't know of. Exactly. They go, uh, you got to keep it. Uh, you know, it's uh, don't give up your uh, Internet service provider thinking your phone is going to uh, do everything. No, uh, I mean, because phones are always slower to download. Yeah. I uh, mean, po- so you've you got to have it. Got to have it. What, po- what else? Point-and-shoot camera. No. Well, it, it, it's in your phone. Well, you see, here's the thing. I just bought a Samsung last week for $149, a digital camera, because uh, even with my phone, uh, you know, yeah, it's great to have the phone. But, you know, you still want, uh, no one, uh, uh, I don't think anyone uh, prints out pictures anymore uh, in frames, but I, uh, I'm i kind of old school with that. I always well, like I think for people that. who really like photography and want to have more options in ter- terms of zooming and special effects on photos, yeah. and, I mean, I, I think that old school point-and-shoot cameras, you know, can't replace um, a smartphone, you know, That's unless it's true. a really, really smartphone. That's so true. Do you I don't have think a, that, do you, you know, have a camcorder at home? I, I don't any longer because cameras have video in it. That's it. They said lose it, get rid of it. So, I mean, it was really fun in the days when we would walk around and, you know, point videos at people, but yeah. who needs it anymore? I mean, flip cameras and smartphones do video just t- fine. And when we yeah. see stuff on YouTube, it's coming from smartphones. Yeah, although one of the problems is sometimes, you know, when you shoot something on a video, uh, on a, uh, a phone, uh, sometimes the file is too large to upload. So I, uh, you know, I have a camcorder if we go on vacation. It's a very small handheld, but uh, what about a thumb drive? Do you use a USB thumb drive? Something that... People really ought to have, I think, you know, you never know when you might have to transfer a lot of information from one place to another without having um, some of the wireless problems or Internet, you know, the fast downloading process. I, I still use them. The only thing about them is I lose them. They're so goddamn small. Yeah, well, here's the thing. They say lose it. Yeah. So your yesterday's news. Uh, they say sign up for these cloud services. I actually well, you know what, that's true, and I'm, a, I'm actually a cloud user, yeah. so maybe that's why I just kind of don't care if I lose the thumb drives. Yeah. Um, I, you know, my desktop is completely done through cloud services, Cloudworks. Oh, is, is that a name of a service, Cloudworks? It is, I and use they're very good. Yeah. They, I, I never have to worry about losing any of my files. I never have to worry about getting a technician to my house because all if I need a technician, it's all virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, my desktop, my files, my email, um, all kind of all kind of backed up in the cloud. Yeah, but I like that, it. That's not bad. Okay, an alarm clock. Um, well, your phone can do that. I think that it's really a security thing. Like a person, if you're like me and really kind of, you know, anal, like I'll set multiple alarms to make sure I get up. Yeah. Well, you know what? They still uh, they tell you to keep it. Well, see, because there's a lot of people like me that are <laughs> scared. Well, now here's why they uh, tell you. They say uh, there was a recent daylight time glitch in iPhones that fouled up the clock. 
There was. And they say setting and resetting smartphone alarms may require a dive into one sub-menu too many, but all you do is turn a little knob on the back of the uh, clock. And, yeah, I actually have an iPad app, which looks like an old uh, clock radio, and it actually plays music. So. See, that's close enough. Well, we're coming to the end of this segment. You have one more. But I like this, I, I like this kind of Barry yeah. Cindy Talks tech thing. Okay. Then the here's Times, the last right? one before the break. Do you have a GPS unit in your car? It's built into the car, so I don't have an extra one. But right. but I, from what I hear, the extra ones are probably easier to use sometimes than the ones that are built in your car. Yeah, they say lose it. you got a smartphone. Oh, okay. Yeah, but if you're looking at a phone when you're driving, I don't know how safe that's that is true. either. Well, listen, let's talk more about that in the next segment. And um, don't go away because Barry Kluger is so much fun all the time. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. one 472 5787 Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your teams. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not. But she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. And we're back in our last segment with Barry Kluger, and I'm sure by popular demand, a lot of people are going to want to have him back. Hey, Barry, yeah. what is happening in the world today? I mean, I don't even want to talk about Tripoli and all of that, but, 
you know, the, there's like conspiracy theories about, you know, Armageddon, the world coming to an end, yeah. the apocalypse, all of that kind of stuff. And you know what? It's just really kind of interesting because there's like a lot of this kind of stuff happening. I don't know if you're aware of this because it was really a local news story in Los Angeles, but like there were billions of fish that died. Yes, I saw that picture. Uh, it was in one of the marinas. Uh, yeah. They were all, yeah, there was some, um, uh, you know what I think? Uh, Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber is the coming of the apocalypse. Is that what it really is? That's what I think. No, it's, uh, you know, the world is, I mean, New York yesterday got all the snow. Yeah. And it's like the world is spinning off its axis. Um, it's, uh, seriously though, I think there are weird things going on. Conspiracy theories, uh, I don't think so. I don't think it's the weather that's just creating, uh, tumult, uh, in, uh, the Middle East. I think the whole world is changing, and I'm hoping it's for the good. Um, you know, pro-democracy in Middle East and everything, that's all good. Uh, uh, speaking as a supporter of Israel, though, I wonder where Israel will come out in this. Are they going to be seen as old regime? Well, it's interesting because from a PR standpoint, Israel's been keeping pretty quiet. It's almost like let them hang themselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're being invited. You know Israel has great PR people because everybody that is pro, you know, everybody that's in PR, you know, that is, you know, for Israel, Mm. you know, um, is always going to advise the Israeli prime minister and the Israeli government to do the right thing, and they're doing the right thing. They're keeping quiet. They're letting everybody else hang around. Yeah. You know, just kind of like hang themselves, rather, um, and kind of stepping back silently. They're doing art of war. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, uh, Shen Su. Uh, Young? Oh, Shen Su. <laughs> Remember we used to have to read that when yeah. we were entertainment executives? Yeah, and I kind of, you know, it was like, this odd mentality that was, uh, uh, you know, very overbearing and, you know, the art of war. I mean, uh, they wanted us to b- believe we were in the middle of a war. And that's not a, uh, I think today's generation is, you know, let me create. I don't want to spend time trying to sink the other guy. Well, see, that's where they're very different from us. I yeah. mean, you're right. When we, we grew up in a time where all of the greats of, you know, our era, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when I'm talking about the, you know, late 70s, but really more the 80s, mm-hmm. okay, it's like every business executive, you know, bef- it was before they became a senior VP, it's like, oh, yeah, and you have to read The Art of War, by the way. And you have <laughs> to go, wait, and you have to do these corporate games. Oh, well, you know, out- Outward Bound was like so prevalent and all of that kind of stuff. So everything was thought about as kind of like a mind war when we were in the business. Now, it's like <laughs> it's like these people, like we wonder why they're not as complicated. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're, uh, listen, I mean, they're, they're hungry, they're hungry for success, they're hungry for knowledge, but they don't have that uh, uh, edge. You know, it's, what was that book that was big, uh, who's, uh, who moved my cheese or stole my yeah, cheese? Who mo- yeah, move my cheese. Yeah, you know, it's like, uh, you know, this whole thing about territoriality is, uh, it's an old, you know, old way of thinking. 
So. It, well, it is, and the new way of thinking is very simple. It's just—it's what I call text thinking. Mm-hmm. It's Twitter thinking. Yeah. It's um, you know, how do I, how do I say something with as little words as possible? Exactly. It's, it's become, become a, an abbreviated world. It, it, we, we used to say that uh, it became. We went from like a New York Times world to USA Today world, a lot of splashy uh, photos and things like that, to an MTV world where people can multitask, the generation watches TV, is on their computer, whatever, and you know what, now you and I, our lives are reduced to 140 characters. And it really is, it's, everybody has to think short, and, yeah. it's, and it's bizarre, and there's a lot, what I find also in, you know, this new, there's, there's a lot of creativity but when we were in the business, there was, in spite of Art of War, there was this need for people like you and me to connect and become friends and, um, you know, hang out and have dinner or, you know, just find a meaningful friendship, right? right. Where we could talk to each other because we knew we had the friendship and it wasn't just business. Now right. I'm finding, and I think this is because of the Internet and texting and mobile phones where everybody's in their own little world, there, there seems to be a lack of intimacy. Well, you know, we used to think, hey, if we had five good friends. Now I looked at my uh, Facebook this morning. I have 869, uh, and I, I certainly won't use the word friends. Well, because, you know, some of them are acquaintances or yeah, friends. Yeah, some are acquaintances. And, you know, listen, I'm very social, and, you know, I, I, I value uh, the social interaction. I value uh, uh, friends, of course. But, yeah, we, um, uh, you know, what we call friends these days, uh, I often say to people, uh, I said, if you and I are friends, realize I'm a 2 o'clock in the morning friend. And that means, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning someone wakes up or, they can't sleep or they're upset or there's a crisis, uh, I'm there for the phone call. And that's if you, if you get through life with uh, at least one of those, then you're doing pretty good. No, I, I, I think that's true, but less, less of those for the newer generation, I think, than, than we had. I, because everybody's like, like they're, they're used to Facebook friends. Right. I mean, how, how friendly can you be with 800 friends? You know, we should take this on the road. I, well, well, you know, I think we should. We've we've done really, we've had great discussions about things that are rarely talked about, at least in a scientific way or, you know, major sea change way, and that really is the multiple generations. I think we could be a hit on college campuses. All right, well, you know, yeah. set it up there. Yeah, I mean, it's a, we'll have to come up with uh, uh, something. You know, I like stars of PR with Cindy R., uh, but, you know, if we did uh, kibitzing with uh, Kluger, uh, you know, where does your name uh, fit in? So we'll have to think we about that. We have to that. kind of think about this. Now, we get it televised and syndicated, mm-hmm. and then we're really good. Yeah. Well, I'm putting that in your hands because uh, you're the TV, uh, you're the uh, you're the TV, you're the media maven. I'm the media maven. Well, listen, in this world of reality television, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't think it's really hard to have a concept and get followers, right? And have it televised. You know why? Why? What that really never changed from our generation, and that is programming for content. And getting followers. Exactly. That's the key. 
I think uh, that would be great. You know what? I'm, I'm, and, and I know you're wrapping up here. I'm going to leave you. Uh, I mean, I'm going to give you one more thing from this list, but I'm not going to ask you to guess. Uh, things to keep or lose. When it comes to books, they say keep them. And I'll Are they going to have value they say, one day? I'm sorry? Are they going to have value one day? Well, no. They say uh, uh, it's, uh, a book has terrific high-resolution display. It's durable. You could get it a little wet. And uh, it has tremendous battery life. And if you uh, misplaced it, you wouldn't freak out. And you could even borrow them free at places called libraries. Oh, so, my God, that's so funny. Well, yeah. you know what? Leave it to the New York Times to save the book. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think that there would be any other publication that would say save the book. Right. But um, I think that's great. I think a book has great value. But, however, in a world of Kindles and iPads, yeah. I just don't know what kind of a lifespan the book will have. And I think the library has to become sort of a Kindle port. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a Jewish thing, Kindle port. I love that. That's uh, almost like, well, I was going to say like Crystal Knock, but uh, no. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like <laughs> and, you know, a place where it's a gigantic Starbucks where everybody kind of reads and writes. Yeah, they don't. They don't have to have the shelf space that they used to have. I know. It's I, sad. I hope you're going to have me back because I. Oh, I would love to have. I you love back, it. Right? I am always free, other than uh, trying to do work for clients, smoking cigars, and playing golf. I'm always around. Well, it's good that you're still doing all of that, and it was a pleasure having you on the show. Um, timed perfectly to one hour, very entertaining. I promoted it a lot on Twitter, so you'll see my tweets on Facebook, and then you could, like, comment. Excellent. Because you're very good at that, Barry. I am. All right, well, it was a pleasure having you. You have a great day and a great weekend, and we'll you talk too, really sweetheart. soon, like in five minutes, I'm That's sure. Good. Speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. Bye, I'm an American.